This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 23, as the New York Rangers face their first patch of adversity, really, all season after dropping back-to-back games to the Ottawa Senators and the Washington Capitals with lethargic performances and a loss of attention to details. However, they are able to respond in quick succession with a big 4-1 home win against the hottest team in the NHL in the Los Angeles Kings in a tough matchup, but uh, a sweet game of a little bit of redemption for Jonathan Quick against his former team. I, hey everybody, it's Andy. I'm recording this on a rainy Sunday evening just after the Rangers-Kings game and Excited to have this podcast with a happier tone. I mean, I believe I mentioned on the last podcast that this team's record being what it was, they had earned the benefit of the doubt. And you obviously know that injuries have played into their recent lapses. I mean, say what you want about the production of Capo Caco or Filipedal, but those two players drive towards the they basically drive play towards the opposing team's net and just now without Kako to solidify whatever line he's on and Heedle to improve the Rangers transition game and uh, defense in transition and in the neutral zone with his uh, just his disruptive skating yeah the Rangers are finding themselves their details have been slipping, but they're not the only team in the National Hockey League, by the way, that is going through a little bit of rut of sorts. You have teams that started off horribly, have uh, now come alive with teams like the Edmonton Oilers. I believe they've won their last seven games, something like that. So they're one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League right now. The LA Kings had not lost on the road this season until... Uh, yesterday, as I record this on a Sunday, they, they're they in control, but they end up giving up too late and losing an overtime to the New York Islanders. And now they lose this one in regulation for the first time against the New York Rangers. So you could say after their meteoric hot start, they find themselves, uh, <laughs> they find themselves in a hole. The, I think the, what the Carolina hurricanes have lost what their last four or five games. I think they just had a closed-door meeting after the last one. Things not going their way at all. So you have teams getting hot, at, and you have teams that are trying to work through some stuff. And teams that start off hot are now cooling off. Teams that were ice cold to start the season are finally finding their game. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of teams have had closed-door meetings so far. And I think that just goes to show that the National Hockey League in this day and age is brutal. I think it's like the winning t- winning teams put up four goals now. You know what I mean? So it's it's just rough. I think it's if you it doesn't matter what team you play, whether it's the 
the I guess the the San Jose Sharks clearly who have been one of the best teams in the National Hockey League in the last two weeks or the the Chicago Blackhawks or the Ottawa Senators who are finding their game as well it's that every team in the National Hockey League is dangerous at one point or another it's just about which team can manage the mental side of it find consistency obviously goaltending can play a huge part in that but at the same time it's like every team can win games in the National Hockey League you know so it's just about which team can keep their their details in order and their minds right and their and uh, you know following the ugly loss to the Washington Capitals in which the Rangers looked like they were barely skating basically obviously you could have talked there's much to be made about the defensive lapses and the not the Rangers giving up odd man rushes and not paying attention to breakdowns and details and stuff like that. But I think Vincent Trocek addressed in the locker room after the game, he said, we just didn't come out with the right attitude. We didn't have the same fire and hunger and swagger and, and just will to impose their, the New York Rangers will on the game. And they found themselves on the back foot and they just never got it going in that one. So that's the thing. I think it's hard to the New York Rangers still find themselves as one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. I think they're second in points. They're they're still they still have the most wins in the National Hockey League and the less the the least amount of losses. Uh, they're only the Los and excuse me the Golden Knights are ahead of them, but that's because they the Rangers have games in hand on them. So even with this two game back to back loss for the first time this season, uh they still find themselves atop the NHL mountain for, or the regular season mountain for the time being. But yeah, but other teams are coming on. You, you know, Edmonton was pretty much towards the bottom of the, the Western conference. And lo and behold, I think they're now with their hot uh, stretch here. I think they're three points out of a playoff spot. So before we break down the, the Rangers uh, bounce back against the Kings, I did want to mention what a shit show the National Hockey League has been in the last week between the the Dylan Larkin incident, the Eric Branson incident today, the Rangers-Kings game was a gong show with 10-minute misconducts given out to, to both the Vajad and Fiala and fighting and chippiness. As I'm recording this, I now see that Ryan Strom went knee on knee with Kyle Connor who had to be helped off the ice and Shifley's fighting him. It's just the NHL has been absolute, an absolute gong show the last couple of days. It's, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the dinosaurs like Don Cherry are right. And then the fact that they're, they're no more true enforcers anymore that you don't have to really answer from, you know, for a, or answer from someone who can really put a beating on you. But it just seems that the NHL this season has been super emotional, super emotionally charged, super chippy, a lot of borderline plays. And, you know, I mean, obviously hockey is also a very fast game and it's only getting faster. And the faster the game is played, the more you are reacting before thinking. You are playing on instinct and it's a game that's played with, you know, a set amount of aggression. And I just think that clearly plays a part in it but man it's yeah it's just it's been an absolute gong show I don't really have an answer for it why just this week has been so bad it's just it just seems like there's been so much 
I don't know. Just it just seems like every every single game there's an an incident or things breaking down and a full on scrum. You know, the Eric Branson thing was pretty crazy. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I think you know. I think it was Nick Cousins basically ends up kind of boarding, hitting Gabranson earlier in the game, right in the numbers. It looks like dangerous. It looks like a dangerous play. Gabranson's like down on the ice. He like kind of comes to his senses and immediately like kind of pops up and goes after Cousins. He clearly didn't like it. Uh, the, the refs are going to give Nick Cousins a, a boarding major, but then they review it and then they reduce it to two. So instead of a five minute uh major it gets to two so obviously good Branson's pissed and then later on in the game he just kind of bides his time and when he has a chance to to lay a a quote-unquote legal hit in the course of play he just basically grabs uh cousins by the helmet and just kind of tries to basically beat him up you know throw him to the ice and beat him up and it, it just got like i said gong show devolved from there obviously the Larkin thing is off awful um, for those who didn't see that. Um, you know, it's there's a scrum in front of, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's in front of the Red Wings net. I don't know whose net it is, but I think it's um, Matthew Joseph uh, just comes in and kind of just ends up, I don't know, he ends up like almost, it, it looks kind of like a cross check or like he kind of punched. He almost like he like, I don't know if he mean, meant to do it. It's hard. It's like you're coming in to kind of defend the crease or whatever, or get in the crease. I don't know, but he basically ends up just hitting Larkin in the head with either his glove or his stick blade or not his blade, but his like, you know, the, with the, the stick extended Larkin immediately goes to the ice and is down. Um, clearly a head injury. And obviously for Perron sees this happen to his captain, you know, and his, and who, and Dylan Larkin, by the way, who's been through a lot this last month, uh, of, with, you know, personal family matters, but, and obviously his wires cross. So he then goes after Joseph and starts basically trying to throw punches at him. So apparently now Perron's going to get a phone call from the league and there was no real, I don't know if there was any call on Joseph, honestly, it's just, it just seems like it's a shit show, man. And you, you have to imagine if if it if it kind of bears it out like this for the rest of the season that the NHL is going to have to figure something out because you know I think they they wanted to, to prevent this and it just seems like it's going the opposite way so they need to figure something out but because right now it's uh it's only December and you don't know if that has anything to do with it maybe it's teams knowing that all the maybe that they're if they're trying to get their team to take off, it's they're running out of runway. So, so yeah, uh, absolute gong show this, uh, the last few, actually the last two weeks in the NHL. So I don't know what the hell's going on, but, uh, as I was saying, that's right. The, the Rangers basically get embarrassed on the road in Washington, but lucky for them, they don't have a lot of time to dwell on it. They have a home game against the hottest team up until the, that point in the National Hockey League and the LA Kings, a team that has some of the best five-on-five five underlying numbers in the league. You know, they get lucky in that Cam Talbot draws in against the Islanders the night before, so they get Phoenix Copley, but they play some of the best uh, defense in the league. So you knew it was going to be a tough night for the Rangers. And honestly, the game kind of bore out the way I thought it would in that the first the Rangers super 
trepidatious the first period. Uh, both teams had played the day before, so I think it wasn't a lot of, you know, the Ranger uh, in in the Rangers' favor. LA was it, this was the last game of their road trip, so they were probably a little out of gas. The Rangers prior to that Washington game had had five days off, so they were definitely even though they both played the day before, the Rangers probably had more rest. But at the same time, the Rangers definitely played that first period like a team that did looked like at any second the shoe could drop, but they they basically kind of stick to their defensive game. They get in the zone a lot, but they just don't take shots. But they're able to survive the first period without conceding a goal. They eventually break through with a Mika Sabanajad power play goal off of a beautiful uh, feed from... Vinny Trocek, who would go on to have three assists on the night, uh, who proving that right now he probably is the Rangers' best center, despite the fact that Mika does have, I think, points in nine of his ten last games, I think I heard Sam or Joe say that. but And once they broke through, I think you saw the Rangers of the basically the first two months of the season kind of come back out. They regained a little bit of their confidence. They played a little bit more swagger. I mean, they still occasionally, you know, would had... LA is a good team and you have to give them the credit. They popped through, but after I think they gave up nine shots in the first period, they only gave LA, LA two shots in the second period. And it was a ballsy move. Um, but Peter Laviolette basically matched up because he had the home matchup. He matched up the fourth line with VC Goudreau and Pitlick against the Kings ever dangerous top line with, uh, uh Kempe, uh, Andre Kopitar and Quinton Byfield, and they do a great job. They believe they hold them to basically only two shots on goal for the entire that line for the entire game and only a couple of chances. So, uh, yeah, they do it. It pays off for Peter Laviolette. Jimmy VC gets the game-winning goal, essentially on the the goal that makes it two nothing after uh, a nice move from I think it's Pitlick. Uh, skies down uh, basically there's a, a puck gets chipped out by a Kings defenseman attempting to clear I think Pitlick just kind of jumps in the air and snags it down and then just feathers a backhand as the rest of the LA Kings forwards had kind of flung they flew the zone a bit and just feathers a nice backhand through the slot to VC who was still kind of behind the play so he's already behind the defense and he just kind of does a nifty move and a little soft fake, you know, forehand, backhand uh, slide on along the ice through the five hole and, and beats Copley. So uh, he gets a game winner. And I think Sam and Joe, they've been talking about the stat a lot, but Jimmy VC, like 75% of his goals in his National Hockey League career, I think it's 75%, are game winning goals, which is pretty crazy. It's a crazy stat, but. VC continues to be hot and and basically earn the spot he is. Thank God. I think he should probably be moved up to play with Cryer Zabanajad at this point and Wheeler down. But you know what? If he helps, he's scoring goals, so it's working. So if if you I guess have to make the Cryer Zabanajad Wheeler line more of a shutdown line, and that fourth line, you know VC kind of potting goals from the fourth line, maybe that's a recipe for success. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, the Rangers, basically, they they gain their swagger throughout the course of the game. Um, Adam Fox, is you know, he's come back from injury. He's still kind of trying to find his form that he was prior to getting hurt. Because, uh, you know, to start the year, he just looked like the insane Adam Fox we all know and love. But then he 
you know, he's come back from his injury, but it's just kind of been a slow adjustment for him. And that was to be expected. You know what I mean? Kind of work his way back in the season out of injury. But I thought he was good this game. He's looking more and more comfortable making things happen with his uh, in the offensive zone and just taking more chances. And, you know, I think offensively is never a question with Foxy, but defensively him and Lindgren have, they're usually so much more solid. It's been a little bit more of an adventure for them this year. Just uh, bad reads off of each other. But, um, yeah, they, it's he's finding his footing. So, but yeah, this game was an absolute gong show. You know, the Kings had their had some chances, some pretty good ones, but Quick was pretty much up to the task. Um, penalties. Uh, the Rangers got the most penalty. You know, were given the most power plays in this game, but I think that was more of a factor if they were skating more and and just being a little bit more opportunistic. And they obviously had a little bit more fire in their bellies to win this game, and you kind of saw it. And then. Just over time, it's. I think they were just smarter, honestly, about about it. Where you saw an LA team that was obviously they had to start playing from behind after both teams kind of felt each other out, and then from there, when they were really pushing, it, it obviously the Rangers were able to kind of play their Peter Laviolette brand of one three one counterattack a little bit more, and it, yeah, it worked in their advantage for the rest of the game. So this was a good reminder to the Rangers of what their DNA is, and despite having injuries you know Barkley Goodrow does return but with a with a basically with a cage because of when he took uh took a Keandre Miller deflected puck to the mush a few games ago so uh yeah and obviously not having Heedle and Kako still hurts this team Kako has been a huge loss for this team apparently because you know he goes down and uh yeah it just hasn't been the same for the New York Rangers so but or at least they haven't looked the same but Again, they're well coached this year. They have a good system. They have good assistance. They game plan well. They make good adjustments. And yeah, they get one that they desperately needed to kind of stop the bleeding here a bit and remind them that they can beat the best teams in the National Hockey League if they play their brand of hockey. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademark of the National Hockey League. Despite the main storyline of the Rangers getting their groove back in this game versus LA. Another major storyline is that Igor has struggled as of late and Jonathan quick is not arguably just based on the statistics has been the better goaltender this year. And, you know, they give, I think Val had mentioned it in the, on the Washington game that, you know, a game that Igor was definitely shaky in that the fact that, you know, going into that game, he he knows that Quick's getting the start against LA. That they think it kind of has affected his confidence a bit, as as if the coaching staff, or at least it's a comment Valcat made. I don't know if that's that's just him speculating, but it's a, 
it, you know, it could help definitely make sense if you think about it, that Igor, who's kind of struggling to find himself a bit now, he's also, we forget he's coming off of injury like Fox. He's kind of trying to work and find his game again, work his way back to it. Um, is yes. And what the message that that maybe sends, although I think it's honestly, it's just quick has been playing lights out for the Rangers and that's his former team. And, you know, there would be motivation from the team, which there was, and motivation from Quick, which there definitely was, to get that win. And he, Laviolette, makes a good bet because Jonathan Quick was excellent in this game. The one game he conceded, he didn't really have a chance on. He made some excellent, you know, 10-bell saves, a, a few <laughs> windmill gloves. And in the he gets the first star of the game, and in the basically in the locker room afterwards there's cheers from from all the players and just big hugs and congratulations and you know he wanted this one and it was good the rangers were able to give it to him because usually the rangers when it comes time for that sort of thing uh yeah the rangers usually aren't up to the task but they were in this one so you have to feel good for jonathan quick in that regard you know so uh but yeah i guess you know, is may might be too early to say. I mean, I know it's been alluded to earlier in earlier podcasts and just basically in, in the Rangers uh, fan Twitter verse or whatever you want to say. But you have to wonder if there's a bit of a goalie controversy brewing because right now, if if the if I was told the Rangers had to play a game, you know, unexpectedly tomorrow against you know one of the top teams in the league, say. You know, let's say it's just like, oh, uh, we're rescheduling the LA, the, the Golden Knights game to tomorrow. Uh, I would want Jonathan Quick in that, if you ask me, just because Igor is not where he needs to be. You know, he'll have a chance. Uh, I guess he's going to play. Pro- I would imagine he plays against Toronto when the they come to MSG on Tuesday. But yeah, man, it's one of just one of those things where right now. Igor's trying to find his game and it kind of coincided with the team having a little bit of a identity crisis and just basically the details not being there for them. So it was a bad, it was a bad match and a bad mix, but hopefully they can carry over their attention to details to basically help Igor out, you know, maybe insulate him a little bit because clearly right now it is not going for him, but it is going on for Jonathan Quick, who has been absolutely incredible this season. After tonight's win, he's 8-0-1 on the season. His only loss, a shootout loss in Minnesota on the road. Uh, Yeah, and man, just usually the player who comes home to play for his hometown team, especially this late in his career, it's 37 years old. It just, I thought it was recipe for disaster. And God, the amount of crow I'm eating right now. He's been steady, phenomenal. I mean, why would I doubt Benoit Allaire's ability to help any goalie just shore up their game he's made adjustments they were talking about it in the intermission it was pretty fascinating he's got quick playing back as he's gotten older he's kind of adopted a more even more aggressive style up facing shooters but it's every player in the national hockey league is so good at east to west passes now they can all thread needles so you almost can't play like that anymore if you're too aggressive you're just leaving too much wide open space so he just has quick back to kind of play in the way he used to, just trusting his instincts, maybe a little bit more Henrik Lundqvist style deeper in your, his crease. But he's got him doing the reverse VH to make to not go down too early, basically giving himself the option. And, and again, just trusting. He says, yeah, I know you're not spring chicken anymore, but he is 
Quick has always been athletic. That's been the hallmark of his game. And he just kind of has him playing a little bit more of the percentages, a little bit more of a patient game. And it's just working on, it's working for him. He is, yeah, he's been one of the best, if not the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously with, it's a, that's a blessing because there are some teams like the New Jersey Devils who just don't know what they're going to get on any given night. And so even with Igor working through the issues he's working through right now, it's just, you know, the Rangers are have a lot of confidence knowing they have Jonathan Quick there. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I guess thank, thank heavens for that. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot not to be lost in the recap of this game. The New York Rangers finally unveiled on the ice for the first time their new third jerseys. Uh, basically, Navy third jerseys, big New York Rangers shield on the front, uh, red, white, and blue stripe, thinner stripes on the bottom. Uh, I don't know how to describe the, the stripes on the, the arms of the jerseys. They're they're kind of uh, like a prism almost. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's basically supposed to mimic, you know, when you see a bunch of traffic just moving fast throughout when you're riding around in Manhattan. You know what I mean? Just the lights. But, uh, uh, yeah, matching dark navy gloves and navy socks. So, uh, yeah. Uh, my opinion is I not the biggest fan of these jerseys. I, I think they're they're close to being a pretty good jersey. I just don't the, the Ranger Shield in the front's a little too big. It's it sucks because it's such a good logo, but just because something's a good logo doesn't mean it makes a good logo on a jersey. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean. So. I don't know. I, I would have just done something different with the logo. Maybe try to do the, you know, almost like the throwback to the diagonal New York instead of Rangers could have been cool. And then you could do that in a different font color than the usual. That would have been cool. Um, obviously, the Rangers have done two Lady Liberties the last two years. The first year, they didn't really get it right. This This one actually reminds me of that first Lady Liberty they did two or three seasons ago but i liked obviously the lady liberty they did last year they kind of corrected the mistakes of the first one that was that's a sick jersey but uh you know i think now the national hockey league is going to just have teams have different jerseys all the time because hey you got to collect them all and that's how you sell the most jerseys is that you just you keep making new ones so i you know the rangers are obviously going to have a jersey for the stadium series when they play the islanders in february so they'll announce a jersey for that uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, not the biggest fan of these jerseys. I do like the Navy, you know, color scheme going back to the Rangers third and alternate jerseys of old. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, it's really just comes down to that crest. Looks a little bit too much like a practice jersey. It's just a little too simple. I know it's hard to do something that's clean and also kind of has a historical, you know, franchise element to it. It's It's difficult to do, but... Uh, yeah, just, I, you know, I don't know. It just was a bit of a miss for me, but Hey, I love it right now because the rain as of right now, the Rangers are undefeated in these jerseys. So can't really be upset with that. Um, yeah. So like I had alluded to earlier, the Rangers have a tough test. They're going to have, they don't have much time to celebrate because on Tuesday, 
the Toronto Maple Leafs who are a dangerous team this year, or as they are every year, they have players who can score William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Tavares, uh, are coming into their barn. So you hope that they don't, they're not happy with basically just one good game. They need to really start getting back to the identity they've established this year. Clearly it's their defensive play and just trusting in Peter Laviolette's systems and game plans. Cause that's, what's worked for them. And they've kind of, tried to revert to pre-Laviolette hockey a la Gerard Gallant and David Quinn and play a little bit more pond hockey wide open. And because they're essentially their starting goaltender has been struggling, it's not been working for them the same way. So they need to get back to their bread and butter, which has been defensive hockey, because when they do that, they end up winning. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.